the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, October the 15th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on October 15, 1976, the very first-of-its-kind debate took place between two vice presidential nominees. Now we do it every time. The nominees were Democrat Walter Mondale and Republican Bob Dole. They faced off in Houston, first time. Today, in 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte, he arrived at his final home. It was a British-ruled South Atlantic island, St. Helena. He spent the last five, five and a half years of his life in exile. It's interesting how a man who dreamed of conquering the earth ended up on an island in exile. I guess that's better than being assassinated. Today, in 1940... Charlie Chapman's first all-talking comedy, The Great Dictator. It opened in New York. That was a lampoon of Adolf Hitler. Today, 1966, the Revolutionary Black Panther Party was founded. Huey Newton and Bobby Seale, they founded it in Oakland, California. Today, in 1991, Clarence Thomas was confirmed to the Supreme Court. There was much to do about him. He called it a high-tech lynching, actually, what took place. And he was right. It was. It was an attempt. But they didn't succeed. They didn't get Clarence Thomas, thankfully. One of the great, great, great justices ever to serve, and still does serve, on the Supreme Court. That last-minute episode, they brought out Anita Hill. She said, oh, yeah, he was sexually assaulting me and suggesting, talking about sexual content things all the time when I worked for him and blah, blah, blah. It was a last-minute attempt to destroy Clarence Thomas. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's not the only time that's ever happened in recent history. Today in 2017, actress and activist Alyssa Milano, she tweeted that women who had been sexually harassed, this was 2017, sexually harassed or assaulted should write, Me Too, as a status on their social um, network, their Facebook or whatever. Within hours for putting that out there, tens of thousands of women had taken up the hashtag MeToo. Interestingly enough, that grew and grew and grew, and it became a part of the Brett Kavanaugh uh, hearing, similar to the Amy Coney Barrett hearing that's happening as we speak today. It's day four. I'll come back to that in a moment. But it's interesting how this got such popularity and women stood up, Feinstein and all these women stood up in the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. And they said, I believe that Blasey Ford, she came in with that squeaky little, you know, victim voice. And there was no cooperation. There, were, there was nothing really that substantiated anything she was saying. She didn't even remember where she had been when Brett Kavanaugh supposedly tried to sexually abuse her. And it just, I mean, it was just all made up. 
Even people close to her said, well, I, yeah, she never mentioned anything to me about it. I never heard her talk about that back then. It was only recent. And Brett Kavanaugh was, thankfully, confirmed to the United States Supreme Court. But now we have a different situation. What about Tara Reid? Remember her? You have to stop and think for a moment, don't you? Because, boy, she's not in the news. She accused Joe Biden some time back of trying to sexually assault her in the basement of one of the congressional buildings, the gym or something. He had called up to his office and asked for somebody to bring down a his gym bag. He wanted to work out. She brought it down there, and she was very graphic in what she said he tried to do. And I won't go into the, it, but it was very graphic and very distinct. And he goes, oh, I don't remember that. That was his response. Well, he probably didn't remember it, but she did. And interestingly enough, Tara Reid had told several people close to her, including her mother at the time, about what had happened. But she was afraid to talk about it publicly, exactly what the liberal far-left women are talking about, but they only apply it to those on the left. If a woman comes forth and says that a man tried to abuse her, like Joe Biden, for example, it just goes away. They don't want to hear none of that. That's how deep the corruption and the um, duplicity runs in the culture. They set up all of these virtuous rules and then they only apply them to conservatives. That's true. You think about it. It plays out every time that way. That's because progressives do not hold deeply held values. Their value is progressivism or relativism. Their values are marked by the fact that they keep changing. That is their value. There are no fixed values. There's no fixed truth. Your truth is for you and my truth is for me and you can't convince me or truth doesn't stand or you can't even make decisions or you can't even have laws that are based and tied to truth, to absolute truth. And that's why we're going through such a chaotic time in our culture today. We've got these millions of kids that have been indoctrinated for 12 to 14 years in public education. And they're out there on the streets. They don't have any truth. There's no, they say, well, what's wrong? Breaking glass, looting jewelry stores, burning cities. What's wrong with that? My truth is that they need to be destroyed because they're evil. They're racist. That's at the heart of all of this. It's what a man believes is, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's what these people believe in their heart. They've been taught that. Feels good to them. I'll have my truth. You have your, your truth. There's no accountability and no consequences in their mind. And that ties, that, that thread runs through everything that's happening in our culture today. And it was the same in Rome. It's the same everywhere. If you look back, clear, back as far as you can look in human history and human experience, you'll find what I'm talking about right now to be true. So Tara Reid came out and made an accusation against Joe. They didn't even look into it. She had told her mother. She told other people close to her. She was upset about it at the time. At the time, not 20 years later. 
It just went away. So Me Too only applies to far-left women accusing conservative men. That's, unfortunately, the world we live in. It's very distressing when we see all of this happening. In fact, I was reading an article yesterday that was talking about the numbers. I didn't didn't make a note of them. I don't remember, but they're very high. People that are depressed, suicides are up. There's a lot of things that contribute to that, obviously. But suicides are up. People are panicking over things they ought not to panic over. I thought of a, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, Psalm 3, 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. <laughs> Lift up your head, because your redemption is drawing nigh. We all have that time that we're going to be with the Lord. Jesus is coming. We don't know when. He doesn't know when. He said only the Father knows, but he is returning. We have that hope, and we have that hope for eternity. And we have the hope that God's word and righteousness and justice will ultimately prevail. And it prevails in our hearts. And that's why Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace. It's different than the world. The world's peace is based on circumstances. My peace is based on eternity. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the truth of what Jesus was saying. He is, the Lord is the lifter up of your head. So look up, get your chin up. It's going to be okay. But there's a lot of nonsense going on out there in our world today. And I want to talk to you a little bit about it. We've got to be, got to be informed as Christians. Lindsey Graham got confronted with what he knew was coming this morning. Amy Coney Barrett, the trial, it's called a hearing, is taking place the fourth day. Today it's underway as we speak this morning. First thing uh, that Graham, Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the committee, met this morning when he got there, he knew, he knew it was coming because I've heard him talking about it you know, weeks ago. He said, I know this is coming. This is the way it's going to go. But he said, I'm not going to budge. He didn't. He said, we're going to vote on the judge on October 22nd. He said, that's the way it's going to be, he said this morning. The uh, first guy out of the chute this morning, Senator Dick Durbin, he told the chairman, Graham, he said, we can't move forward until at least one more member of the minority is present here today. <laughs> Graham said, watch me, we're moving forward. Then Senator Richard Blumenthal Democrat from Connecticut, he interjected that he wanted to introduce a motion to delay the vote because this is important. <laughs> of course it is. Graham said, no, we're not going to do that, shaking his head really, I mean, pretty animated. He was getting a little angry. Then Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota, she bugs me. I don't know why. It, I mean, I can't hardly stand to listen to her. She's so condescending and smirky. She's kind of like actually kind of like Kamala Harris. They're kind of cut from the same cloth, really. I mean, they're so smirky. They have no demeanor or decorum. But anyway, she said she keeps calling this process, this hearing, a sham. Well, if it's a sham, why doesn't she get out of government? Go do something else, wherever she came from, Minnesota. 
I mean, if, if it's that bad, she isn't changing it, obviously. So why didn't she just get out of it? But oh, no, not, not, not a chance of that. But she's been calling it a sham. She was took her time this morning to get on the record to say, this is a sham. We shouldn't be going forward, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Diane Feinstein, <laughs> the old, I mean, she's old, baby, from California. She's accusing Republicans this morning. She said, you are tainting the integrity of this committee. And that's the same committee that had that circus during the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, and we it's so recent we all remember it. But she's worried about them tainting the committee. Well, the committee is tainted, and it's tainted by people like her. But the Democrats are arguing they've got to delay because there are videos and documents of Barrett that are saying things that we still have to discuss. And while others are suggesting the timeline of events was unprecedented, you can't do this this fast, Graham says, watch me, we can. What he said this morning, I'm going to quote, and I think it needs to be heard by politicians and those of us who elect them as well. Here's what he had to say this morning. It's just an hour or so ago. He said, there's nothing out of the norm here. He said, each member has had 50 minutes to question the nominee. Then he said, let me get to the heart of the matter. He said, I know what's going on here. I'm quoting him. He said, 2016 gave an outcome different than anybody thought. He's talking about the presidential election. He said, besides the Americans who voted for Trump, they knew. (laughs) what the outcome might be. And he said, isn't that ironic? The American people actually get a say. He said, and from that day forward, there's been an effort to say that the election wasn't legitimate. But he's not halting the confirmation. He said, it isn't legitimate because it wasn't the outcome you wanted. He said, there's no way that you could ever convince me that Amy Coney Barrett is not qualified. The Democrats can really blame themselves for his stubbornness. I mean, really, they can. It was their antics during the 2018 confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh that changed him forever. Back then, I remember it well, Graham said, I'll tell you one thing, when he walked out of that hearing room, he, after days of you know all the nonsense that went on, He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, any collegiality on my part of wanting to get along with those people on the other side of the aisle, he said, is gone. He said, the next time we go to a hearing, he said, I am not going to bend to their wishes. I am not going to be cooperative. We're going to follow the rules, and we're going to do what we need to do. And he's doing it. He didn't forget he said that. He said this morning, he told the committee there, and was on television, of course, live. He said, after Kavanaugh, everything changed for me. He said, I think we all know what the actual sham is in the Senate today. And he paused and looked right at him. I don't know what will happen now going forward today, but we'll follow that. We'll keep in mind and we'll watch what's happening. One of the big biggest news stories in recent months, perhaps the last couple of years, is playing out before our eyes today, but the media is running from it. 
like someone, like a monster chasing a kid. They're scared to death. Biden's big lie has been busted. He knew about Hunter, his son. He knew about him. Most of us have figured out that something's going on that's really wrong, very corrupt with son Hunter Biden and brother James Biden as well. But since Hunter Biden's shady deals with foreign countries, specifically the Ukraine, Joe Biden has repeatedly said, he said, he said, I have no idea what my son is up to. But he said, and I quote, I trust my son. I have a son. I trust him as well. I understand that. My son doesn't do that kind of junk. And he doesn't try to. But he's not perfect. I understand about a father-son relationship. What I don't understand is how when the truth has come out now, the media is running for cover. They're disappearing. And Joe Biden put a lid, that's what they call it, when you're no longer available to the press, a lid on himself yesterday at 10 a.m. as this story was coming out. And Kamala Harris this morning now, her campaign people are announcing she's going to be off the campaign trail till Monday because someone she had contact with had died, were positive for COVID-19. Well, I understand that. And that, I mean, so they're, so they're what? But she's also being pulled off the campaign trail. I'll tell you why these people are in hiding. Yeah, maybe somebody she had contact with or could have had, I mean, I don't know. But I know one thing. I know corruption when I see it. I've seen it all over the world. I've spent a lot of time in third world countries, starting churches and helping villages and and cities start churches. I know what corruption looks like. I've seen it. And we're moving in that direction. We're moving toward what I've seen in third world countries. And what I know of the Roman Empire, because I've read the story diligently over the years, I've studied the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. And I'm seeing too many, too many reflections of those kinds of environments. That lie blew up on Joe Biden yesterday, big time. Hunter Biden dropped off a laptop at a little shop in Wilmington, Delaware, Asked, wanted, told the guy, little shop. I mean, I, there was a picture of it. I saw the picture of it. Just a typical storefront on a street there. Looked like a suburb or kind of out on the edge of town or whatever. He dropped off his laptop there, stupidly, and asked the guy to do a repair on it. So the guy did whatever he was supposed to do, and Hunter never showed up to get the, get the laptop. So the guy kept holding it, holding it, holding it. Then he started hearing this stuff about... Hunter Biden and making these millions and millions and billions, in one case, dollars from these foreign countries while his father was vice president. So the guy says he he thought, man, this is interesting. And he, he'd been working on the computer, so he knew what was on the hard drive. And he looked at some of that stuff and he thought, man, this, this is like illegal, he said, was his word. So he took the, he took the, the computer, the laptop, He copied, before he did did it, he copied the hard drive, and then he contacted, tried to contact the FBI. Couldn't reach him, so he contacted a lawyer who happened to be the lawyer of Rudy Giuliani. This guy's just a tech guy. He's not a politician. 
And he told them the story, what I just told you. And he said, I think the authorities will want to look at this, but I can't get anybody to respond. And so the lawyer goes, yeah, they do, they will. So anyway, the the hard drive, the laptop, got in the hands, finally, of the FBI. It was turned over to the FBI way back when Nancy Pelosi was trying and did successfully do so in the House, impeach Donald Trump for his relationship over a phone call to the Ukraine. Now, with that as a backdrop, let me tell you what's going on today. The social media has banned most all of this story. And now they're being called out because this story has gotten out into the public. And you may hear various versions of this today on local news, but you will not hear it straight. And I'm going to give it to you straight, what we know. What we know at this point. Hunter Biden has indeed been making all this money off these countries. Joe Biden has said, I don't know what he's doing. Well, he did know what he was doing because there's thank you emails to Hunter personally from these guys in Ukraine and elsewhere, China and elsewhere, thanking him for connecting them to his father. And then there's direct discussion about what he's, how Hunter is going to be compensated. It's mind-boggling. It is the essence of corruption. New York Post broke the story yesterday. Joe Biden has repeatedly claimed that he didn't know what Hunter was doing. Hunter contradicted him in an interview that they hoped, I'm sure, wouldn't be read by conservatives at least. He was talking to he was talking to a New Yorker, the a magazine is far, far left. And uh, it was published in June. But in there, Hunter said, yeah, Dad does know what I'm doing. He said he knows kind of generally what I'm up to. And he said, and I'm quoting him, in this New Yorker magazine, he said, Dad's, he said, we talked about it. And he said, Dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. And he said, I told Dad, I do. All these shadowy entanglements that Hunter is known to be involved in becomes more exposed in the light of day now because of this laptop. And all of these emails that are on the hard drive, a whole bunch of them were dumped this morning into the media through the New York Post just a, a few moments ago. New York Post is a huge uh, uh, journal. It's, I mean, it's, it's widely read all over the world, but it's they lean conservative. Some of their stuff isn't, but most of it is. But they're pretty fair in what they what they put out there as news. And and like I said, they're widely read. Had it been a, a, a lesser a publication or a more conservative publication, even a Fox News, it probably wouldn't have gotten the attention that it has gotten all over the world. But it has. And all of these shadowy entanglements are now beginning to be exposed to the light. The Post is reporting that the laptop was left in the Delaware um, shop, as I said. Some of the emails that were exposed yesterday Hunter Biden introduced his father to then President, uh, Vice President Joe Biden uh, to a top executive of the Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian energy firm. Joe Biden said he never met with him. He didn't know what, what his son was doing. Well, he, the son introduced dad, Joe, to these officials in the Ukraine. And then Joe ended up 
firing the prosecutor who was prosecuting, investigating the company, and they are corrupt, Burisma. And we've kind of known this all along, but Joe kept saying, no, I don't know anything about that. Well, he did. The email prove it. It's back and forth, thanking him and all of that. Remember when Joe Biden was bragging on that video about how he said he's going to hold up a billion dollars or whatever it was of American aid if they didn't fire this investigator? And he laughs and, and he said, I mean, in his big, you know, strutty kind of pompous way, he said, yeah, I said I'm going to fire. You're going to get fired if you don't fire this guy. We're not going to withhold the money. And they said, some guy said, well, you're not the president. It's on video. And Joe was so egotistical, he put it out at the time. I'm sure he regrets it now. But he's, he said, call him then. Call the president. Call Barack. He'll back me up. And he said, I'm leaving here in six hours, this country. And if this guy isn't fired, you're not getting your aid from the United States. And then he goes and says some expletives, and he said, blank, blank, blank. The guy was fired, and he laughed, and everybody laughs, and they yuck it up. That's the attitudes behind this corruption. But now the light has been turned on. One of the one of the emails, it's never before mentioned meeting, expressing appreciation for Hunter for, quote, inviting me to D.C., Washington, D.C. This is one of these guys. And giving me the opportunity to meet with your father and spend time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. That was April 17, 2015. About a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board, remember he was getting, I think he still is, if I'm not mistaken, getting somewhere between 50000 a month and 83000 a month. An earlier email from in May of 2014 shows this Pazarski, reportedly number one, two, or three executive in this Burisma company, asking Hunter for, and I'm quoting this email, I'm asking you for advice on how you could, how we can use your influence on the company's behalf. Well, the Joe Biden campaign is pushing back hard, really hard. He's pulled away. He won't talk to the press. Now Kamala Harris is in isolation because she may have been exposed to someone who might have had coronavirus. Ron Johnson is looking into this. He's chairman of the committee, the uh, Homeland Security Committee. Mark Zuckerberg has stepped up. They have throttled back any news on Facebook of what I have just told you. There's a lot more of these emails coming out. There's many more. And we'll talk about this again. This is a big deal. And uh, Zuckerberg has throttled back uh, Facebook. Twitter has been throttled back. In fact, uh, Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary to President Donald Trump, she put this out as a news release, and um, Twitter canceled her account last night. That's how desperate these people are, and that's how desperately they're trying to cover up what's going on. There's a lot more that I could say about this, but our, of course we're nearly out of time here this morning. I wish we had a little more time today. Often I think that sometimes you probably wish we had last. No, I'm kidding. But thank you so much for being with me today. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow. There'll be new items on this and other things. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing on the radio every day live about what's going on in our nation looking at it from a biblical perspective. 
Thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can contribute online. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.